everyone. Amina here with the Float Small Business Podcast, speaking with Ian Williams, founder of Deadstock Coffee, about how he's gotten creative as a small business owner during this very difficult time. Hey, Ian. Thanks so much for doing? joining. Yeah, thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. You have a really incredible story, don't you? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, it's pretty cool. Tell me how Deadstock came to be because it really is a unique place in this town, maybe in the whole country. We are a sneaker-themed coffee shop. We don't sell shoes. We just like them a lot. It is definitely a community. But uh, what I was what I was going for was to to have a place that kind of felt like a barber shop. Um, as a black person, the place that we usually go to find community or to even get like yelled at a little bit or or you know to, to kind of test out maybe I got some new lines that you know some I want to ask a girl on a date. Or I need to look fresh for uh, for a party, or you know I'm just trying to figure out what's happening in the street. Um, you go to the barbershop. and so I wanted that that same feeling, but for the sneaker community, uh, was to have that place where everybody could go. We just interviewed a guest for this podcast who is a designer, and one of the first questions that I asked him was, you know, we've been cooped up all this time. What do you miss the most? And his first answer was the coffee shops. Because my best ideas come when I'm not trying to have them. And being in a coffee shop is one of those places where you have community. You can let your brain wander. You can choose to talk to people. You can read a book. You can, But it's, it's a place to be where the creative juices, they just flow. And then you add on the community of like-minded people, especially in a coffee shop like yours. I can see that being a huge like resource, but just like a fun place to be. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, that, that's, I, I would say that in a way, the coffee shop or the, the idea of a community or meeting space is also what, what I miss. And I think a lot of people, that's what we hear a lot. It's people are like, hey, thanks for being here. You know, thanks for making it a little bit normal. Thanks for, you know, what, whatever it might be. And that comes with consequences. I was having a conversation just a second ago with our dear friend, Ajay. Um, about uh, today was the first day we ever had anybody steal from the tip jar. Um, and in four years of being open, first day. Uh, and then also the first day that we had, um, uh, we had somebody, we came in the shop this morning and there was some, there was some stuff on the doors. First day for both of those things, really. So, you know, it's, it's normal and everything is, is cool, you know, that we're open and stuff, but also it's a, it's a different atmosphere right now, you know. You know, from everything that I, I read and your trajectory and how you got to be where you were at Nike, you know, having started in a very different position and kind of working your way up, I got the impression that you like to chase stuff down. You know, you weren't just as, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a janitor's position, hoping that someone would notice you. You, it seemed, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you really went out there and you made it happen for mm. yourself. And I'm just wondering whether that mindset is helping you as a business owner, as a human being, survive this very difficult time. Like, you just seem like you won't take no for an answer. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty, oh, I will say that's true. Which is which is kind of funny because like on a on a personal level, um, I'm like the, I'm the biggest wuss when it comes to like, hey, let's go on a date or whatever. Huge wuss. But if I'm like, oh, I want that espresso machine for free, I'm gonna figure it out. It might take a week, 
and it might take six years. Like, I'm going to get it, you know? What in your life has made you this way? There were a lot of people who helped me get to the position that I was at uh, in footwear. Like, if we really had a, a lot of time and maybe one day we'll just sit and talk, like, I can tell you a bunch of ridiculous stories of stuff that I did. When I was a janitor, I gave myself a, a desk in the hallway. And I used to sit at this desk and I would come in at nine o'clock in the morning and work until 3 p.m. And then from three to nine, I sat at the desk and pretended to be a Nike employee, just pretended. And there were people who allowed me to sit there and who allowed me to sit in meetings so much so that people didn't know that I was not in some sort of footwear role. And then one time a lady saw me pushing a, a custodial cart and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm like, I'm working. What are you doing? And she was like, okay and just, that's amazing you know fake it so, till you make it that's like the oh, definition yeah. that was a that was a year that was two years of fake it till you make it and i weaseled my way into footwear and i was a developer so it's kind of like an engineer um i do not design uh I, I suck at it and uh you know so there were people who mentored me in those in those places and it would be wrong if i didn't do what i could to to give back um i mean i can't call myself a community person if i don't try to help the community. Right. What has made you the kind of man to persevere like this? Because not everyone does. I'm from uh, a city called Newport News uh, in Virginia, nicknamed Bad News, um, uh, because it's not necessarily the greatest place in the world. Um, and we moved when I was 10 years old. My dad passed when I was 10. And then we moved to Oregon. My brother was already living here working at Intel. Uh, he's 11 years older than me. And I have an older sister who's 12 years older. So I've always had pretty good like uh, adult figures in my life. You know, I, I try to surround myself with people who are pretty, uh, who, who challenge me um, and who challenge those around them. And I think I just always have been like that. But I think I just have always realized um, my life was a little bit different. And, uh, you know, when we moved from Virginia to Oregon, um, uh, there was diverse. Here, I was the only black kid in the whole city of Hillsborough, Oregon, and we were the only black family. And I realized that people were really watching what I was doing. Um, there were instances where I was out with a friend. We were riding bikes or scooters, and the police pulled up and was like, Mr. Williams, what are you doing? So I've never met you before. You know, and how do you know my name if I've never been in trouble with police officers before? You know, so, so this was like, that's just, I always knew that things are going to be a little bit different. But I also saw that whatever I like is cool with me and it makes me happy. Uh, for the most part, people are like, I think I like that too. And, you know, and they just, and they join me. Yeah. So why not continue to do stuff where people are going to join me? Absolutely. Um, thank you, Ian, for yeah. sharing a little bit of yourself. I've heard that you weren't so passionate about coffee in the beginning. Is that right? For me, coffee was the coffee was the best way or a coffee shop, that space. In a coffee shop, that's a place where you can go to hang out, uh, go on a date, um, connect with somebody you haven't seen in a long time, work by yourself, whatever. Uh, for a small investment, you can you can spend a lot of time in this place. Coffee shops, like I said, are, are a pulse in the community. So that was really what I was looking at was that community gathering space. It wasn't necessarily about the coffee. And even, uh, I've been in coffee now for uh, five or six years. And, and I, in my same theory from when I first started, uh, as even a non-coffee drinker, I always thought coffee tastes like hot mud, um, was that 
caffeine actually doesn't matter. It's the ritual that somebody needs in the morning. If you serve somebody that drink and it's exactly how they like it, or maybe let's say somebody comes in in the morning, you're like, hey, what you got going on today? They're like, oh, I got a really big test or I have an interview or, you know, last night I broke up with my significant other and you go, hey, you know what? Your drink's on me today. Good luck or hope you have a better day or whatever. You have the, we have the potential to make someone's day great. Right. But when I first started or even for a good couple of years, I don't look like a barista. I don't look like a shop owner. I don't look like I own the company that supplies any of these things. So the coffee industry looked at me like, who are you and what do you want? And especially because I tried to come into it like, I know I don't look like y'all, but I'm still going to wear these red shoes and have this backpack, this crazy backpack and my hat on backwards. You know, so I had to I had to go into coffee, the industry or the, the scene and be like and be quiet and be observant and slowly introduce myself to people. Um, so I'll go to latte art competitions, these like weird underground throwdown things where baristas make a couple bucks on the side. And I would pour in the competitions knowing that I'm going to lose. But just so that I would so people would see my face and get used to seeing me. Uh, so that went from me putting myself out there to like me meeting a couple people um and then now myself and the deadstock team are quite respected as coffee professionals uh because uh i had to understand that i couldn't just strong arm myself into it then i started to speak up a little bit more and be like maybe maybe the world of coffee which is often run by which is mainly run by older white guys doesn't accept the fact that some people uh, have different sexual preferences. Um, and maybe everybody here is really mad about that. Coffee hasn't been accepting for a long time of many other things. It sounds like um, maybe you took some of the principles of shoe development and you developed your own role in this community so that you can make a bigger impact. And you didn't just haphazard it. You were really yeah. uh, designed about it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Well, new friend. Oh, yeah. Until we can meet in person. Yep. It's been wonderful talking to you. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Thank you very much.